I love basketball. This is TCU point guard Darius Ford. It just constantly challenged me in life, whether I was going up against people older than me and they were, you know, beating up on me and I was losing all the time. It just always challenged me to fight for something more. And so that's kind of where my love came from. Darius's college basketball journey is a bit unconventional, but very inspirational. Basketball was the only consistent thing and God was the only consistent thing. And so going through that just really gave me this, this mentality of being thankful for what I have now and thankful for any opportunity that I'm given and not stressing about what comes next because things could be a lot worse. That's because Darius knows what worse looks like. Welcome to BYU Radio's Big Stories, a show dedicated to the incredible tales surrounding the opponents of the BYU Cougars. I'm your host, Cleon Wall. One of college football's biggest awards is named after a Texas Christian University quarterback. Coming up a bit later in this episode, we'll dive into the man behind the Davey O'Brien Award, why the winner isn't always the best college quarterback, and how the O'Brien Foundation is more than just a trophy. But first, let's get back to Darius Ford and his TCU tale. Ford is on the cusp of graduating with a bachelor's degree from TCU. To be honest, the the moment is kind of surreal. I was talking to some of the coaching staff a little bit throughout this week and just, you know, telling them about my plans after graduation. And they all kind of had this look on their face like, wow, you finna graduate. TCU has taught me how to just be a better man. I think that was that was my main thing coming into college was like, I just, I just want to be a better man so that when I walk away, I can say that I left a legacy and, you know, that I am who I am because of TCU. The Horned Frogs have also benefited from Darius. He is a lighthouse in the midst of fog, leading ships into the port, okay? So, so that's what he is for our team. This is TCU assistant basketball coach Dwayne Broussard. Those moments when the energy level is down or no one is saying anything, or, or no one wants to jump into a drill because that happens because kids get tired or whatever the case may be. He is always the first to do it. Create and Collaborate founder Raquel Archer. He really has natural born leadership qualities, the drive, the resilience, the tenacity that he possesses to accomplish the things that he sets out to want to do. Drive and determination. Darius developed those traits during a difficult childhood. I am the oldest of four. Um, I was born to a single mother, and so most of the time it was just my mom and then me and my younger siblings. Um, our life, our lives looked like moving around a lot. Uh, we stayed in multiple hotels, motels. Through we stayed with multiple people, family members throughout time. Um, so from the time I was about six to about sixteen. I probably moved around probably 10, 10 or 11 times. Like we usually didn't stay in a house more than a year or an apartment more than a year. So growing up to help my mom out, what I would do was I would wake up before my brothers and sisters had school and I would get them up and get them ready so that when they were ready and they were dressed, all I had to do was tell my mom like, hey, we ready to go. And so, yeah, there was nights where I would go to sleep hungry because I would tell my mom, hey, just, like, just go to bed. I'll make sure my sisters and my brothers eat. And so I would, I would give them the last of what I had, and I'm still the same way now. And so, yeah, there was nights where I would go hungry. There was nights where, you know, I would cry myself to sleep because, like, everything just kind of sunk in. Um, and that's just, that's just who I was. I remember my 16th birthday, my mom picking me up from school 
and I didn't know where we were going. And I was turning 16, and so 16 is the age where everybody's like, oh, like you're 16 now, you can get a license, you can do all these things. And so I, I was excited at first, and then I remember driving, and we were out all night, and then around 10 o'clock, we drove up to a Motel 6, and I walked upstairs, and I was immediately just like sunk. My whole confidence was just killed. And in my head, I'm thinking the whole time, like, I'm a 16-year-old boy, and I have to stay here. And so I didn't show my mom my tears, but like I cried myself to sleep that whole night, and I just wasn't excited anymore about anything. And so I remember telling God that night, I said, God, if you can get me out of this situation, like I promise I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like, it, it doesn't matter, you name it, I'll, and I'll do it. Around the same time Darius prayed for some sort of deliverance, his father came back into his life. I had one of the hardest conversations with my dad because when I was going through this time period where I was homeless, you know, my dad finally was just like, okay, let me, let me take my, my boys, like, let's let me take them. And so my mom was just like, okay, you can go stay with your dad. And so I stayed with him from my sophomore year of high school all the way until I graduated. And so at first it was really hard because I felt like my dad wasn't there for me as I was going through this time period. And I was like, dad, you know, I was homeless. I didn't have anywhere to stay and like, I needed you. And I think the most vulnerable thing that he ever shared with me was just like, you know, I needed you too. And I'm sorry I wasn't there for y'all. And so for me, that just showed me how, how much of a human he was and how vulnerable he could be with his son. And so now my, my, my relationship with my dad is great. Outside of his family, Darius's one consistent joy was basketball. It was the only thing that could let me be free in who I was. Um, when I was growing up, it was really rough and it was really hard um, most of the time. And so basketball was something that I could, could just kind of lose myself in, where if I needed to take off some heat or just let off some steam, I could do that. School wasn't hard for me. Um, I had a I had a 3.9 in high school. Like it, was, it wasn't hard. My main thing was just getting my work done. And so my goal in high school was the faster I get my work done is the more time I get to play basketball. And so I kind of just separated all of these parts of my life. So basketball was the place that I could take all of the pain that I was facing in my real life. That's where I could channel that energy into. School was always gonna be school. School was where I went to just focus and, and create a future for myself. And then basketball was just basketball. And my life was just my life. So I kind of just compartmentalize all of these things into just three different categories or break them up. Because once I try to mesh them together, it would just make things harder for me. So I just kind of just keep them separate and just change my mindset every time I stepped into something new. Little did Darius know that his hard work on and off the basketball court would turn into the start of something big. I'm Cleon Wall. And this is BYU Radio's Big Stories. I grew up in a single-parent household in the Detroit Metroplex, where opportunities after high school were very limited to me. This is Raquel Archer. So as I started my own career, I wanted to work with students similar to backgrounds where I came from and find a place where I could really make a difference. Archer eventually moved to Fort Worth, Texas, and that's where she met Darius Ford. I was working at a local community center in the neighborhood and community that Darius went to school in and also lived in. She was the director of the Boys and Girls Club. I went to such a small high school and we didn't have a gym. The, my coach reached out to her and was like, hey, can we use your gym in exchange? My players will mentor and read to the younger kids. 
And so it was an absolute yes for me, an easy yes. Darius piloted that, spearheaded that. So we would go over there two, three times a week, and we would read to the kids, help them with their homework, and she would let us use the gym. I got to know him um, and just see him a leader on the court and off the court. And I would notice after practice, Darius would hang out, he would spend time with the younger kids. And so I quickly learned that that was because he resonated with a lot of the students and the kids that were there. And his story was very similar to a lot of students there. Shortly after that, we started building a strong relationship, talking about college, talking about his future goals. And that's really where the foundation of our relationship started as he was in high school preparing for college. Darius not only wanted to attend college, but to play on a college basketball team. Uh, I think that's every high school basketball player's hope. I literally have a journal where I wrote down every school in Texas and every email of the coaching staff, and I was going to reach out to every, every coach, and I was going to email them, hey, this is who I am. I think that was also God because every school I reached out to, none of them worked. He was sharing, like, I want to go to TCU. I know I'm going to go to TCU. And so I had no other option but to believe him and support him in that. And I said, okay. So I uh, started talking to his schools and his counselors and different people. And several people said, we need to prepare him for plan B. We need to prepare him for plan B. And I just knew there was no plan B that Darius was going to set out to go to Texas Christian University. Darius then became Raquel's inspiration to start her own nonprofit organization, Create and Collaborate. The group's goal? To create opportunities and collaborate with first-generation college or trade school students to make sure they stayed in school. Mentors would provide guidance and the students would also receive supplies or stuff needed for their dorm rooms. Darius ended up being Raquel's guinea pig. Darius needed some nice threads for scholarship interviews. Somebody told me, he's like, my coach always told me, if you look good, you feel good. And so that prompted me to ask, well, what are you wearing to your interview? We'll make sure you have that confidence. And shortly after I learned that he didn't have a suit or had never owned a suit. And so that made us decide to get with a you know, group of people and we got him exactly what he needed. And he was able to pick out his suit and his colored shoes and tie um, and prepare fully for that interview which led ultimately to him getting the scholarship. I applied to 40 schools, I got into 28, and none of them offered me a full ride but TCU. And so I think that was God just intentionally closing doors for me just to put me here in this situation because I applied to Baylor, I applied to Howard, I applied to all these different schools. And some of them declined me and some of them said yes, but they didn't give me enough money. And so my biggest thing was, you know, I love basketball, I just don't want my mom to have to pay for it pay for me to go to school. And so if I can walk out of college debt-free, I can figure out the basketball part. Darius decided to walk on to the Horn Frogs hoops team, but it wasn't as easy as going to an open tryout. One of my mentors actually knew Thomas, who is our director of operations. Thomas was just kind of telling us like, hey, we can't take any more roster spots, but you can be a manager. And then after this year, if you work hard, do what you're supposed to do, then we'll talk to the coaching staff and then see if you can get a, a spot on the roster. And so I was just like, okay. And so I kind of took that and ran with it and just worked my tail off each and every day, whether it was a manager, whether it was practice or the games, wiping up sweat. I just tried to be the best I could at it. I can say it's definitely, it was a little frustrating. I just, I love basketball so much. So that was God really just teaching, teaching me how to be humble, how to serve others before myself and how to just be a team guy. And so throughout that time period, throughout that one year, I just learned how to work. I had to learn how to put my pride aside. I had to learn how to help others and invest in other people. He has always had this vivacious appetite for basketball. 
Here again is TCU assistant basketball coach Dwayne Broussard. And so when he wasn't taking care of his managerial responsibilities with our team, he was in our office watching film and watching our offense and defense and being around our coaching staff. And every opportunity he had, he was also in the gym working on his individual game. So, yes, I will tell you that his body language and his nonverbal communication spoke very highly that he wanted to be a walk-on here in our program. And he also told us, he says, when do I get my opportunity? I'm working, I'm working, and I want to be a part of this. It all paid off the following season. When it came down to, okay, we need to add a few more players that can help us in practice. Who do we trust? Who can we go to? Who do we all know? And there was never a doubt, Cleon, that Darius would be one of those players. And so... Coach Dixon was the one that met with Darius, our head coach, and just said, hey, you know, there's going to be an opportunity for you. We want you to take it, and we're happy that you're here. And then, and then, and then he, was, he was asked to become a part of our team, and so he got a jersey, he got all of his gear, he got his practice gear, and he had 24-hour access to our gym. And so I think that was a very exciting moment for him. And we've all been excited for him. It was a feeling of relief because I had worked so hard for it. But also it was a feeling of determination because I knew that there was more work to be done. Darius hasn't stopped working since he's received that TCU jersey. Like I always want to push guys to just win, 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 win. He is always the first to the court and the last to leave. And he is talking nonstop. My job is just to hold everybody accountable and then also encourage others to do better. So you go throughout the season where we're going to full summer and then we have a full season. You know, guys are going to get tired. Guys are going to get fatigued mentally, physically. And so I feel like my job is just to keep them encouraged. I tell you what, his energy, it, I, you know, and, I, and I, I don't want to embellish this too much, but his energy is almost legendary. It is a tremendous gift and talent that he has. Darius's gift has not led to more playing time. He has only played in eight games over two seasons. But when he does get in... Oh, you should see his teammates. You should see his teammates and hear his teammates. They are cheering him on and encouraging him, and it is a great thing. I think my biggest motto is just stay ready so I don't have to get ready. So... If it's in practice and, and guys are hurt or injured or it's in the games, um, just making sure that, you know, when my time comes, I'm just ready and I do whatever I, the team needs me to do to win. Um, I'm a big believer in just God having his way. And so, you know, I, I think that in time, it'll, it'll be my chance and my opportunity. So I just kind of stay ready. Whenever they need me, I'll be here. Darius's determination to help others goes beyond the basketball court. He's serving as an intern at Create and Collaborate. I am kind of taking more of a leadership role as far as mentorship in the program. And man, it's, it's been phenomenal. And in the future, he wants to help his hometown. I think the biggest thing that I, I've been wanting to do since I was a kid is really just change my community in Fort Worth. Uh, I feel like that basketball has left the city of Fort Worth and it's going to Dallas and all these other parts of Dallas. And I really just want to develop kids in my own community and, you know, give them a place where 
they can come and play basketball, where they can come and, and get exposure. I, I think that by the age of 50, I want to be an established philanthropist. Like I want to be able to say that like, I genuinely invest money into different organizations and help out the community. But yeah, I love being a part of vision and visions that are greater than myself, especially when I see that well, not only did it change me, but it's, it's helping and impacting others. Do you feel like your trust in God's plan for you and your patience with his timing has is, is really started to pay off? Oh, for sure, for sure. It's, it's, a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to love basketball so much, get better, get better at it each and every day, and only play eight games. Like, a lot of people don't understand that struggle, but I love God so much and I love his people so much that you know, he, he did teach me patience, and my prayer to him was always, God, I don't want anything that's not within your timing. I don't want anything too early or anything too late. Like, whenever you feel like it's ready for me, it'll be there for me. And so he, he's taught me a lot along the way with, throughout these, you know, three years on the team and four years in college, and I'm just, I'm just so thankful for it. Coming up next, living up to the standards of a TCU legend. Welcome back to BYU Radio's Big Stories. Caleb, oh, the throwaway, the discard since Jonathan McGill It wasn't surprising when USC quarterback Caleb Williams won the Heisman Trophy last year. The guy was amazing with his arm and his feet. Williams going to fire deep, got a man But when it came to naming the top quarterback in the nation, the Davey O'Brien Award was given to TCU's Max Duggan. You know, it means so much because what Davey did for TCU and what he did for college football, I think means a lot. So I think now for Fort Worth and TCU to have someone win the award is going to be really special for him. Duggan, quarterbacking, taking off Duggan with his legs. Oh, Duggan! It seems a bit fishy that an award named after one of TCU's greatest players was given to a guy who played for the Horned Frogs. But it's not as fishy as you might think. Let's give a little history lesson on the award and the amazing man whom it was named after. Davey O'Brien was born in Dallas, Texas in 1917 and signed with TCU out of high school. He backed up fabulous frog legend slinging Sammy Baugh in his first two seasons. Then he took over and won the Heisman, Maxwell, and Camp Awards, along with a national championship his senior season. And this coming from a guy who's only five foot seven and 150 pounds. Little Davy, as he was called, was legit. I always think of my father's competitiveness. This is David O'Brien, Davy's son. When my parents lived in Philadelphia, my father would go to a neighborhood pub with a lot of his playing friends, and they were playing darts. My father had never played darts before. And of course, he got beat by these people who'd been doing it a long time. And so my mother said he went out and bought a set of darts. And, and this was in the off season. And he would practice four and five hours at home until he got to the point where the next dart game at the pub, he won. I mean, he was just, he was driven with things like that. But I don't think the competitiveness ever got in the way of just loving the game and being with his teammates. Davey lived in Philadelphia because he was drafted by the NFL's Eagles. He didn't win many games, and after two seasons, Davey decided to retire from football and work for the FBI. 
So why would someone who played games for a living retire so that he could go work for the federal government? Davey believed it was time to move on with his life. Football has always been my first love, and it has been mighty nice to me. But for the sake of the future, it's time to quit. I'm fortunate to get this job. And unless a man expects to stay in football, the longer he plays it, the longer he delays starting whatever work he's going to do afterwards. The owner of the Eagles, Burt Bell, gave Davey an inscribed silver plaque. It read, Davey O'Brien, the greatest player of all time, retiring from pro football to serve his country. Small in stature, but with the heart of a lion, a living inspiration to the youth of America. That living inspiration eventually moved back to Fort Worth. The hero was coming home. My wife and I used to always go to the games with my father and my stepmother. And in those days, the early 70s, TCU was beyond bad. And of course, he always had seats on the 50-yard line. And it was a game, I think, against Texas. And TCU was losing by, it was like 70 to nothing. It was the beginning of the fourth quarter. And my stepmother said to my father, she said, David, aren't you ready to leave? And I'll never forget what my father said. He said, I don't leave when you're ahead 70 points, and I'm not going to leave when you're behind 70 points. Davey remained humble after returning to his roots. I was giving a talk at a neighborhood community meeting, and it was in a predominantly African-American part of Fort Worth. And it was at night, and after the meeting, I was walking in my car, and this elderly man came up to me. He said, you have a second? I said, sure. He said, I work at one of the country clubs in the men's grill, and one day I was leaving. At the same time, your father, who finished playing golf, was coming out, and I was very afraid to ask him, but I said, do you mind if I ask you, you know, about football? He said, your father talked to me for 45 minutes. That almost means more to me than anything, because I think it really typifies the type of person he was. He was not only loyal to friends, he also was a very approachable guy. I, I can't tell you how many times I've told people this. My father was modest to a fault. Davey died in November of 1977 from cancer, but right before he passed, the Fort Worth Club established the Davy O'Brien Award and Foundation. The award was initially given to the best player in Texas or neighboring states. The first winner was Texas running back Earl Campbell. In 1981, the award changed to be the best quarterback award. Kendall Cason-Isles is the executive director of the O'Brien Foundation. Our first winner being Jim McMahon from BYU. McMahon all the way back in his own 46, throwing for the end zone. Receivers are there. I will tell you. I have a very soft spot in my heart for Brigham Young. Jim McMahon has only missed one dinner in all these years. He is a complete character. But when it comes to the award, it really does come down to character. So our committee is made up of about 150 members. It's comprised of journalists, broadcasters, commentators, additional members of the media, as well as our former winners. We do look at the quarterback, not just on his athletic ability and his razzle-dazzle plays, but also the character and leadership that they exemplify. 
This last year, having Max Duggan as our winner, I can't think of someone who embodied who Davey was better. It was about leadership. It was about making your team better. It was about pushing yourself in the hopes that your team followed and they pushed themselves to greatness. In just my conversations with Max, you could tell his excitement, but also the humility. Duggan wide open, room service cut by Barber, and he's off. Max Duggan pushed himself and his team to greatness. He was the second string QB when the 2022 season began, yet he ended up leading TCU to the national championship game. He's the first Frogs quarterback to win the award. It was the greatest thing in the world. I mean, it was just, for the O'Brien family and for me particularly, it was just a dream come through. And we couldn't have picked a nicer guy. TCU fans were also appreciative Max took home the Davey O'Brien trophy and showed it during the awards banquet. We had our largest crowd we have ever had. We had over 800 people. They were excited and that rubbed off on me to see that uh, just passion for the award and bringing it home to the city of Fort Worth, even though we are located here. It was an exciting time. This is a family. It's almost like a reunion. You just don't miss a beat. It's catching up with your family members. And so having every year a picture in the Hall of Fame with the new Davey O'Brien winner and the past winners who are back, that's that special moment of this is a brotherhood. We are a family and you welcome them to the family. The Davey O'Brien family goes beyond quarterbacks. It extends to local high school athletes looking for a leg up in college. We have a high school scholarship program. There is an evaluation of every single application we receive and that includes reading, following up, looking at their, if it's a cross-country time, if it's um, their basketball stats, we do actually go through and look at all of that, as well as their community service. Then we evaluate on essays. One of the essays I particularly remember was a young lady who is now in her second year of veterinary school at Texas A&M. And one of the essays was, describe an obstacle that you've had to overcome. And, you know, with many people, it was the death of a parent, you know, a serious illness. She said, I have to be at swimming practice at 7 in the morning. The sting of the chlorine and the sight of teenage boys in Speedos. And I thought, okay, that's a winner. And then we eventually get to five finalists, and there is an in-person interview here at the club and at that point, I'm always wowed and amazed by how poised these individuals are. And it gives you hope that the next generation is one going to achieve amazing things, but two, they really are committed to making our world a better place. One of the five finalists will be our winner and receive a $30,000 scholarship to the university of their choice. The bond that I have been able to form with the scholarship winners is unique in and of itself but they all mean so much. Um, I think it's very telling when they ask to follow my personal Instagram account and keep up with me and my family and ask how we're doing. They essentially become a part of the family and I get to watch their professional development from the time they graduate through college. They achieve huge things in life and I'm proud that I at least get to have known them for that little amount of time. What, what kind of a legacy has the Davey O'Brien Award left on college football? 
The legacy of the Davy O'Brien Award is showing that you don't have to be the perfect size. You don't have to be the perfect physique or have the best of everything. He was 5'7 and weighed maybe 130 pounds and he won a national championship. It's showing that your hard work can pay off. It's showing that everyone has an opportunity to do something if you put the work in. And he was a leader and that's really a legacy um, in today's day and age, watching your teammate rally and put in their hard work just so the team can benefit from it. So it's that underdog mentality that everyone, um, I think we all sometimes feel that we aren't equipped to handle a situation. And he, he showed us that we can do it. Thanks for listening to BYU Radio's Big Stories. It's produced and written by me, Cleon Wall. Music and post-production is by Kevin West. The voice of Davey O'Brien was played by Sam Payne. A big thanks to ESPN for the highlights and to the Davey O'Brien Foundation. Make sure you watch BYU TV's Big Stories by logging on to BYUSN.com. Big Stories is a production of BYU Radio.